0: Welcome to Originality, the podcast where we talk about and explore the roots of creativity and creative genius. I am one of your hosts, and I'm joined today by Kate
1: Tempest-Bradford.
0: We're actually video chatting this time, so you can see me as I gesture to you. That's right. But nobody else can because I'm not recording video.
1: You guys can't see that. Although maybe someday that can be like a really high, like members only extra Mm. thing where you get to see the video recording of us looking at each other across the distance and being like, finger guns. (laughs) From the Pacific Northwest, we bring you finger guns. That's right.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So how have you been?
1: I've been very busy. It's been. been a very busy time in the land of Tempest. Um, There's a lot that had to get done in these past couple of months. And so there has been much traveling, much um, being in hotels and being on planes, and I'm ready to be home now, especially as the year is coming to an end. And guess what's also coming to an end? The decade. Not originality. (laughs) No, not originality, but... I mean, let's hope not. Uh, But no, the (laughs) decade is coming to an end. It's going to be 2020. And there will be plenty of opportunities for us to use 2020 dates to like plan things. Like February 20th, 2020 is going to be a great day for doing something. And so everybody's going to want to do it. And like all of April 2020 is going to be about uh, smoking marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> think about it. Think it. It might take you a second. And you'd be like, oh, I get it. Yeah. So yes, all of April of 2020 is going to be a celebration of uh, legal marijuana, I bet. Um, but then, of course, like, then we're like, it's the beginning of a new decade, even though technically 2020 is the last, de- last year mm-hmm. of the decade. People are but really we don't, excited. <laughs> right. But people don't think like that, like as humans. We're just like 2020, that means the start. So yeah. So it's going to be a, a new decade. Isn't that exciting? It's always, every
0: year brings on a new decade. It's just maybe not, you know. Yeah,
1: it's very deep. I'm floored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> I can't think after that statement.
0: <laughs> I have that effect on people.
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, so since it's like almost the end of the decade, of course, there are memes on the internet um, where people are like, you know, what have you accomplished since 2009 and now it's 2019. It's this decade. Woo. And your 10 year uh,
0: pictures.
1: Yes. And then of course there's the inevitable backlash where people are like, shut up, stop it. (laughs) Stop trying to like make people like think that they haven't accomplished enough if they haven't like solved world hunger or sent a Mars rover to Mars or whatever other people have done. So, yeah. How do you feel when you see those memes and you're just like, look, it's a meme? Um, I struggle. So here's here's
0: one of the things. Um, as I have talked about, um, I've been doing ADHD coaching, and one of the things I have learned from my ADHD coach is that People with ADHD have a hard time recognizing accomplishments and achievements. And so that's very, very true for me. And so when I think about what have I accomplished over the last 10 years, it's uh, it it kind of feels like a a black hole, um, because unless I mean, even if I don't know, even if I won some kind of like major award, I don't know that that would feel like an achievement. (gasps) How weird is that? But you bought a major award, I know why wouldn't it be an achievement? See, and that's the thing it, it 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 would be it's just how how do we recognize our achievements like obviously, there are big things that we can point out, like I don't know i I was written up in you know x y z um like major blog publication thingy, you know, like that could be an achievement and that's something that's easy to point to. Um, but what what if or what happens when that doesn't happen, you know? Because there are so many things in life that don't get a mention in the press, oddly. Like what? however many b- billion of us are on the planet, not all of us get written up by the press like every day talking about our achievements. How weird is what? that? I that know. is
1: totally weird. I don't I know. why don't why doesn't that happen more often? <laughs> hmm. Even, yeah, even when you're like a writer or another artist, like, you can be like, I did this amazing thing. And people are like, Yay, you did that thing. And then it doesn't get written up in the New York Times. And you're like, but I did a thing. Aw. Yep. Sad. Yeah. But yes, but not all accomplishments need to have been written up in the New York Times in order to be awesome achievements, right?
0: I, mean, I guess.
1: I mean, let's hope. No, that's to- <laughs> hope. To-
0: totally. Well, and here, here's the thing about achievement, and why recognizing achievement is important, is it gives you a little dopamine hit when you when you achieve a thing. Now, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be, um, in my case, emptying the dishwasher. Or, um, Hey, I've kept the for some. Our, our bathroom counter is a clutter magnet for my my things like my hair potions or whatever and so you know oh you've kept the bathroom counter you know cleaned off every day for a week like
1: you did that
0: yeah like that can be an achievement and um and recognizing that provides you with dopamine which also provides you with incentive to continue doing it because mm-hmm. dopamine is an incentivizer. So for those of you listening who don't have dopamine issues like I do with ADHD that's that's a large part of what ADHD is. Um every time you achieve something and you recognize that you achieved something you get you get like that little bit of stimulation. So if you are like me and you don't get that automatically, you can train your brain. You just have to consciously point out for yourself or to yourself that you did the thing. So um, mm-hmm. stopping for a second to appreciate the clean bathroom counter and saying, hey, you did a good job. You can actually start to train your train your brain to
1: produce dopamine when you accomplish things. That's right. And accomplishing things, like I feel like when you are an artist of some kind, a creative person, the the accomplishments that are sort of like put on you by outside people are definitely not the same as the accomplishments that you can acknowledge for yourself because, you know, like the the wider world or the wider community or whatever might only recognize the accomplishment of, I sold a book to a traditional publisher. Um, That book then got this many stars from various places. And then that book was nominated for these various awards. And then that book won these various awards. And it's not as if like all the books that were published that did not get um, an award nomination are terrible books. Right. And those writers are unaccomplished. And it's not even necessarily true that like you need to have published a traditionally published book in order to like, feel like you publishing a book is an accomplishment because you finish a thing. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know exactly how it works in terms of other kinds of artistic endeavors. Like, I don't know what all the things are. That's like, when you're an artist, like maybe it's your, your work was bought by somebody or your work was like put in that gallery and then, you know, maybe you won these awards or whatever, but like, I feel like there are these external validators um, that a lot of people focus on in terms of saying, like, whether or not a person is accomplished um, or has accomplished something in like a certain period of time. But like, I don't think that those things are necessarily the most important things, Um, because sometimes like your accomplishment is that not only like you finish a thing and you put it out into the world and hooray, but also you finish a thing. And, and it made a difference in somebody's life. Um, I think that like, in general, that is the thing that I have been chasing for a lot of my professional life is the trying to figure out what what I can be doing that makes some sort of difference other than just like, it made me a money, it made, you know, this company that I work for this many clicks, you know, whatever it is. It's one of the reasons why I sort of stopped being a tech journalist because I kept feeling a lot like I wasn't accomplishing the things that I wanted to accomplish, which was making a difference in the lives of the people who were reading my stuff, which, you know, it seems like a really tall order to give myself. And perhaps that involves a little bit of hubris. But when you're writing the 75th review of the 154th smartphone you've been handed, to review. And you're just like, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say about this. That's going to help anybody actually make a decision. Like that was the point where I was like, well, I got to go. Um, but recently I also got like a really nice, um, you know, confirmation that some of the stuff that I was doing made a difference. Uh, and it's because (laughs) it's partially because of XOXO, which we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, so in the, XOXO people who have attended um are in a Slack and there's like millionty billions of people in this Slack, right? And so like I have no idea like who all is in this Slack. Uh but I was having like an issue a couple weeks after XOXO and I posted in the Slack and one of the people who like Popped up to say, "Oh, I might be able to help you with this issue." Is a woman named Lisa Brewster, and Lisa Brewster has had a lot of jobs in Silicon Valley over the past many a year, like ten years or whatever it is, um, like lots of different jobs. And but back in maybe it was two thousand eight, two thousand nine, something along those lines. Uh, I did a, a feature piece for Laptop Magazine where where I was working at the time on like the 10 most important women in mobile tech. And I did it in part because I was like, there are a lot of women who are doing things in mobile tech where it's not necessarily, again, with like these accomplishments that like everybody can see. And so they're like, oh, they're the CEO of this or, oh, they're, you know, head of this VC firm or they've like invented this new thing. And I was like, yes, but what about this, this? these other people? So uh, I profiled a lot of different people, some of whom were like C-level executives in major tech companies, some of whom had like invented technologies. And Lisa Brewster was one of the people that I profiled. And like at the time she was working for Palm, which had been bought by HP and oh, poor Palm OS. Yeah, <laughs> We will never see its like again. Uh, and it's very sad that it went away. But like Lisa was doing, she was the head of... I forget what it is now, but like, she was very involved in Palm OS and also the engagement with the community of Palm OS. And I was like, she is a very important person and you need to be on the lookout for her because, you know, whatever way you feel about Palm OS or its future or whatnot, she's one of the people who is, who is leading like, you know, what's going on in this community and that community is important. So so anyway, back to a few months ago when I was like, oh, I have this problem. And the XOXO Slack. And then Lisa pops up. I didn't even know she was there. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And she was like, I will help you in any way I can. And she's like, because, you know, you wrote about me in that Lockhart Magazine piece all those years ago. And, I, and she said something like, I really feel like this was like... A a huge boost to my career. And she's like, I'm not sure if it was necessarily that like because other people read that they took me more seriously, or because you said those things about me, I took me more seriously. Uh... But whichever it was, like that was like the start of like a huge rise in my career. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And that, you know, that was one of the things, like that's what I wanted for that piece was for other people to recognize what these women were doing. And I wanted that piece to to make some kind of difference. But I didn't know that it had made a huge difference for one of those women or all of those women or whoever, you know, like it's just a piece in like a magazine, but it's things like that where sometimes you just don't know until like way later that a thing that you did, that, that intention that you put out in the world has made a difference. So this is why I think that like the thing you're talking about of sitting down and making sure that you sort of list your achievements can be good because it doesn't matter if, like, you have a few achievements or a ton of achievements that you have some and that they are achievements based on, like, your own metric of achievement is good because, you know, even if you're just like, I finished that piece, like, I pitched it, I saw it through to its completion, I fought for it because there were a lot of arguments about whether or not some of these women were important enough to include. Yeah. I'm making a frowny face right now. It's like Wikipedia... Right. And Not I'm just
0: important like, enough
1: to be on Wikipedia. Right. And I'm like, excuse you, but yes, they are important. Yeah. Um, I remember like one person was like, Well, I don't even know who this woman is. And I'm like, that that's the point is the point. <laughs> At any rate, um, you know, like my accomplishment was getting that piece in the magazine in the way that I had envisioned it. And no matter what else happened after that, like I made that accomplishment, but it did make a difference for at least one person. And that makes me really, really, really happy. Um, and, and so, yeah, like, it, me, to, like, deciding to focus on things that I thought were more likely to bring about that kind of result actually made the life that I'm living now possible because I made that decision. So, yes. So there's, like, I feel like that kind of stuff, like that kind of journey gets left out of a lot of these, like, what have you accomplished in the last decade conversation? So, so Elaine, what have you accomplished in the last decade? Well,
0: first, let me go back and just say, I, I think part of it too, is that we don't always know the impact of what we do. And so I think that, that, that is part of this conversation that, um, is unquantifiable, right? Because unless you have someone who comes up to you and says, oh, I really appreciated that you did blah, blah, blah. It really made a difference in my life. You know, you don't necessarily know um, th- the reach of the thing you did. Uh, so don't like, don't discount that. Like, you know, if you said something nice to somebody, you don't necessarily know what impact that had further that is potentially an accomplishment, you know, like maybe you turn Mm -hmm. a person's day around. You have no way of knowing. Um, what have I accomplished in the last decade? Um, it's so hard because I feel like I've lived, like I've been at least seven people in the last 10 years. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense?
1: It does. And actually I feel like that is an accomplishment too. Like being able to be like, I'm doing this. And then you're like, nope, pivot. Nope, pivot. Yeah. I'm gonna do this other thing now. Um, I feel like that it is it is an accomplishment to be able to know when you need to do that and then to have the guts to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean I've done a lot of that.
0: And I mean there are there are big life events that I can that I can point to, you know, um built a house, bought a house, got engaged, got married, didn't have kids. Sorry.
1: Um, That's okay. You have fur babies. We do
0: have fur babies. Um, You know, sold the house, moved across the country, um, taught college classes, uh, became the director of a nonprofit, uh, became the not director of a nonprofit. You know, and like all I've done is started Less Than Our Equal. I met a ton of people. Um, I've... um, I ended that show, started originality, uh, worked in the healthcare industry, then worked—you know—I worked in tech in the healthcare industry, and then got a job working um, actually in the tech industry, and then became my own person and wrote a book, and like there, there are all of those things that I've done. Um, one of the things that I think a lot about is those are all big achievements, all the big. Big, easy to point to things. But each one of those big things was the culmination of many little achievements. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that I'm doing, I've I've already started doing it a little bit, but I got a planner. I got a Hobonichi Weeks for people who are planner obsessed. Um, (laughs) And every day I'm going to write and what something I accomplished that day in my planner. Um, so some days it might be, you know, literally like cleaned my desk. That was mm-hmm. I like cleaned and reorganized my desk the other day. Um, and some days it might be actually published, you know, a revision to my guide. And that an achievement might be, you know, so-and-so told me that something I did had an impact. Um, because I I think that's the other thing that gets lost. And I think that's one of the things that we talk about a lot on the show. And we've talked specifically, I think, around failure is that, um, there are a lot of things that we can think of as failure, a lot of, a lot of, um, mistakes or missteps that we make that we might think of as failure, but actually, you know, maybe it's not, maybe it's just learning. And, um, I think of that in terms of accomplishment too. So, you know, if my goal was to sit down and write for four hours one day and I didn't do that, maybe my accomplishment is, um, realized that I don't know, this is something I know about myself. So today I realized that I can't work if I'm listening to music with words, that's an accomplishment, right? That's something that I know that I didn't know before. And so, Mm -hmm. I don't think we necessarily have to get really granular. You know, if if you if everybody kind of wants to join me on this journey and try try to jot down something they accomplished every day, you know, maybe we can create some kind of community around that and figure that out. But um but I don't know. I think there's something for just stopping and reflecting on the day and understanding that there is something in every day that um was positive. And I'm making that like a blanket statement. I know that's not universally true, but I think that there are a lot of things that we can reframe and
1: think of differently every day. Mhm. I agree. And I think that's if this is especially important thinking when it comes to you know, you, your your creativity and your building of your creative craft. And I also think that like to bring it back to the top, the general topic of this podcast, it is the the thing that is the seed of what we call like creative genius, because it, you know, creative genius comes from people who, who just keep making accomplishments, but they're not necessarily like the big accomplishments, but they're little accomplishments. Um, and I've been talking about this a lot with students in my various classes this month about how, you know, you, you write a thing and the sort of outside messaging for it is, oh, well, if you write a thing, but you don't publish it, then that's a failure. But it's not a failure because sometimes you have to write a thing and then realize that it is not the thing that needs to be seen by any other people at all. Um, But it's a thing that helped you achieve something. It helped you level up in your writing. It helps, uh, it helps you work out some things that you need to work out. It helped you just to tell a story that you need to tell. Um, And this is why I will always and forever, once again, return to the whole thing about writing exercises, because like no one ever tells musicians, you didn't accomplish anything by doing those scales over and over again, uh, for hours on end so that you could learn your fingerings, that you could be able to do it really fast when it comes time to like play that thing. Like nobody says that to musicians. All right. Nobody tells ballerinas that they spent too much time at the bar, uh, practicing their plies or whatever. No one, uh, visual artists that they wasted their time making 10,000 sketches so that they could like finally paint the thing or whatever it is. Like, right. Like this does not, <laughs> this does not happen anywhere else, but in writing where people are like, oh, well, if you didn't publish that, then it's a failure. So, um, uh, but yeah, so like j- just being able to like have those things where you can say I accomplished writing today. But the thing that I wrote today was like 10 minutes of me free writing in my journal. It was 10 minutes of me like doing a writing exercise that nobody will ever see. It was 10 minutes of me like working out what was going on uh, in the world building from a book or whatever that is like those. Yeah. um, And I think that this is, this is what people who excel at creativity or, or creative activities they know that, and that is why yeah this is, it's why they do it, and that's why they excel, and so I guess I just want like other people to realize how important that is too,
0: yeah, that's showing up is a huge part of the process, mhm, yeah, and i I do think that that can be really undervalued um, and I think that it's part of why. Writing can be so hard, is in and I'm positive we've, t- we've talked about this, you know, that um, the editing is such an important part of the process, and yet we still expect to be able to sit down and write, you know, just right through, and this is the end, and then we have this perfectly polished piece without without doing any kind of edit, and that's mm-hmm. that's not how it works, and that's I mean, that's not how it works in anything, that's you know. That's revision. <laughs> revision. Your. It's just that in other, um, in other applications, in other um, mediums, the revision is really the the practice, right? But in mm-hmm. writing, we don't think that
1: practice is a thing that exists, but it right. is. It is people. It is. So yes, I want I want there to be more reckoning of that kind of thing in, in this whole, like, what have you accomplished since 2009? I make a frowny face. You can't see it here on the podcast, but I am making a frowny face about all that. Um, so yeah, also I, I know that both you and I have spent, uh, some time this year listening to our old podcasts on this podcast, um, to just like, think through some of the things we have talked about so that we can plan better for some of the things we want to talk about in the future. Um, I feel like there are definitely some lessons to be learned from like listening to the awesome people that we've talked to about like what they do and and how they've done it. I feel like nobody that we've talked to has, is really bad at knowing what their accomplishments are, which I think is a lesson. It's in there somewhere. (laughs)
0: Well, I think so so as as you and I are talking this conversation I think part of what I'm understanding or realizing or or something is that accomplishment the 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 strings of accomplishments have to be the motivator, I think. Like if you just focus on the end That can be really, really overwhelming, Mm -hmm. but and I'm not saying that that an end product can't be a motivator either. But if you're looking at something like, say, you're practicing a piece for performance, if it's hard, like it might take you a year to get that piece down, right? You know, and Mm -hmm. so if you're thinking about, oh yeah, a year from now doing these scales is really going to pay off, like that's i don't know <laughs> that doesn't feel really motivating to me uh, maybe it does to other people but for me it's like oh hey i did i did the scales better than i did 2 weeks ago and mm-hmm. that's that's a big deal and and i think that that's part of where i get lost as i focus on the big things and i don't focus on the small achievements i don't recognize the small achievements and so i do agree it sounds to me, as we're talking to people, the, that when we ask what, what their process is like or what, um, what led them down the path they're on, they don't shrug and say, oh, I don't know. I just ended up here, right? Mm-hmm. They can point to milestones or they can point to things along the way and they can talk about those in a way that sometimes I really struggle to do.
1: Yeah, I think that that's one of the things that I can sometimes prevent people from moving forward because because of the way that they like don't see how like those things fit together, but it's something they can maybe like look back on later, but like yeah, that abil- that inability to sort of like see how like small building blocks can can make a future um is can be very hampering to creativity. Um I remember more than 10 years ago, I was talking to author Elia Don Johnson and she was like, I'm doing this thing where I just write 750 words a day. And I'm like, that's not enough words in a day. You have to write 50 million words in a day in order to accomplish things. She's like, no. She's like, look, if you write 750 words a day and you just do it consistently, then like really not very far into the future you get a novel, but like you just have to worry about your 750 words a day. Um, and I will pause here and I will say, yes, I know that writing every day is not something that everybody can do and that's fine. And that's really not the point. The point was, is that she was working in like what she would consider small, discrete units because like Aliyah, like me, um, often feels like, no, you got to get down like 1,000, 2,000, 10,000 words in a day in order to like, because, you know, this is like the, the word count game that the writers play with each other, which is ridiculous. but. um but she was more trying to focus on steady, accomplishable chunks. So whatever the steady, accomplishable chunk is for you, whether that means, like, you write this many words whenever you sit down. and don't necessarily sit down every day to do it, but, like, you sit down and, like, you do the thing. Um, like, that's what's important. And, yeah, there's... but But sometimes your brain does not allow you to <laughs> to no. think in in those small chunks but that's why i think that i've really enjoyed doing this podcast um is because like when we talk to people and when they sort of like look back on what were the origins of them being able to like think this way or um you know cuz it's like it's not even necessarily really about the origins of their talent it's the origins of them learning how to Focus themselves or how to like use that talent to get the things that they wanted um, or even sometimes how the circumstances of their life gave them the courage to do things that other people might find scary. Um, I'm particularly thinking of like when SJ Tucker was on and she was talking about like just you know, leaving everything behind, getting in a car and just driving across the country to do shows and to sell her CD or whatever. And that's just not something that everybody like feels that they can do. And Hey, for some people, it's like, it's literally not something that they could do, but some people, even if they like might have the ability to do it, might hesitate to do it because they don't see how like taking that big leap, but then making the small Accomplishments along the way, then eventually leads to like the life that you want on the thing that you want to to accomplish.
0: I think it's hard too because when I think about me and my goals, and maybe this is an episode about goal setting with someone who can help me figure out what my goals are. (laughs) But like, I think about where, like, where do I want to be in five years? Justin and I had this conversation the other day. He was like, "What?" what's your five year plan? Like, what do you want things to look like in five years? And I was just like, I don't know. Because, I mean, for me, I've, I've spent a lot of the last couple of years really focusing on my health. And, you know, going to doctors and arguing with doctors and like all of this stuff. And so I've been so focused on that, that piece that focusing on anything else has been really difficult. But um so it's like I'm just I'm I'm just going and I'm just gonna keep going and I guess see where it leads. I don't know. And so then then that becomes it becomes really hard to to be like, okay, so what is this building to? What are my accomplishments? Because if I don't know where I'm going, how do I know if I've accomplished anything to reach that, you know? Like, yeah. And then you're trying to do the retrospective thing, um, which can be
1: really difficult sometimes. Yeah. Man, what is it about us as humans where like that makes that <laughs> happen? We have to have somebody come on humans. and talk about the human condition. <laughs> Who can we get to talk about the human condition? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I think that that's too big. We've got to break it
0: down into subtopics. Dang.
1: <laughs> Dang. get. I don't
0: know, Jungian psychologists or something <laughs> and talk about archetypes.
1: There I we don't go. Know. Yeah. But uh, then we have to talk about Jung. And that's a whole other... Uh, that's
0: a whole mm, bag of worms. Man. Creative worms.
1: Oh, uh, creative yeah. worms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you don't feel like you have a five-year plan, do you feel like you have a one-year plan? Like, do you have like a, this is what I'm thinking about Accomplishing in the year twenty twenty, in which all of April will be spent stoned. Um,
0: <laughs> I do live in Seattle. Um, mm, mm, no, <laughs> I. <laughs> sorry, podcast listeners. Um, I everything I think of is health focus. Like, I I don't want to be in pain anymore. So you know, what, what can I do to figure that out? And um, I, I am working on that. But now I'm at a point where it's kind of like I had a consult with a doctor actually a couple of days ago. And he was like, well, now we just kind of start experimenting and seeing what works. And um, so I'm gonna start like Hydrotherapy, like physical therapy in a heated pool. I'll be doing that twice a week for a while and see if that helps. Fancy. And yeah, and if that doesn't work, um, I can actually, my my plan covers medical massage. So I can start getting massages and see if that helps. And they cover acupuncture, which I think is weird, but they do. So I could get that done. And so now I'm at a point where it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall to see if we can figure out what to do. Um, and it might turn into like... I don't know, like, burning my nerves, which sounds awful, but that was the thing that he was like, there actually aren't many downsides that we can see. So um, so anyway, like, it, it's still, I'm still very much in that place where it's like, I can't even see six months down the road because I'm still so focused on getting kind of up to snuff and not being in pain. Um, and let me, when you were in pain, it's hard to focus on anything else um, mm-hmm. when you're constantly in pain. And so, but we're working on that. I mean, I would like to get the field guide, um, I, I would like to get it in a place where I'm really proud of it. Right now, that's not to say it's not a good product and I'm not proud of it now, but it's really kind of the minimum viable thing that I was comfortable putting out into the world. So I want to get, I want to get it from good to really great. Okay. And um, I do have kind of a roadmap for what I'm going to do for that. Um, beyond that, I don't know. I, I don't know. What about
1: you? Do you have five years or one year? Five years is definitely hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of the stuff with with a five-year plan requires me to, to know what's possible. And I don't always know what's possible. And that's, I think, a huge thing, especially with creative endeavors. It's like, do you know what's really actually possible? Is what you want to do feasible? Um, so yeah. But I know that at the very least in the medium term, I have a book that I finished, right? I need to revise it and finish that revision and send it out to agents. And, you know, my, my major thing that I definitely want in 2020 is to get an agent based on that book, to have that agent send that book out, to sell that book and like, just like get through that part of the process. Because I know that the publishing process is a multi-year yeah. slog through everything. Um, but I do want to, in 2020, get that book sold to a publisher. Um, and I also, I mean, one of my other goals is to get back to Egypt. Like I have a very specific Egypt trip in mind. And so the next step, you know, for that is just to figure out if I can go on that trip by myself. I have several friends who have expressed interest in being able to go on that trip with me. Um, and, and a lot of the stuff for that trip is really going to be around like still things that I'm researching for the book. Um, another thing I want to do in 2020 and the reason why I wrote this middle grade novel that is going out is because I want to get back to the Egypt book, but I want to like have some space to be able to do that, which will be caused by selling this other book. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like a lot of my my goals are like wrapped up in stuff like that. I have other goals like for writing the other Um, because, you know, with that, again, there have been a lot of accomplishments on that front in the last five years. Uh, A lot of things I'm really proud of and all the work that I have done and I have done with Nisi and I have done with, you know, the other teachers that have, uh, taught classes for us has culminated in a lot of really great stuff this year. Nisi and I just got finished teaching a one-day seminar at Sarah Lawrence College, which is like I'm teaching at colleges now, right? And I'm teaching MFA students about this particular thing that that I have built up a a knowledge base on. Uh, The other thing that happened recently was that Nisi and I taught a a two-day seminar for Clarion West, and both Nisi and I went to Clarion West as students and. I don't think even if you had asked me in 2009 if I would be teaching a class for Clarion West, like by 2019, I would have even said yes, because I'm like, I'm not accomplished enough. Um, But actually I am. Uh, I have this conversation with Nisi a lot about how, before we do these things, we're like, "Oh, what do we do?" And now we have to think about, "Oh, it's so scary." And then we both get there, and we're like, "We're subject matter experts, and we can just talk <laughs> like this is this is what we do. Mm-hmm. So it's super nice to to be in a place like that, to know that I can pretty much go into any situation with um an outline, like not even a whole script, although I often write whole scripts for myself. But, I can go into any situation with an outline and just be like, "Yes, I can speak on this topic because I know a lot about it, and I've taught it many times, and I have come across many of the questions that people are going to ask. And that feels really good, um, not only because it's like my personal accomplishment, but because, again, returning to what I was talking about earlier, um, I know that this work is making a difference in the world. And I know that the things that I do by myself or the things that I do with Nisi are helping other writers be able to go off and make their own accomplishments. So it's not necessarily like I've accomplished. It's no, like I have helped lay the foundation along with many other people for other authors to understand and to go out and take action on these things so that they can create a better culture. And that feels really good to me because it means that like I'm doing something that is of benefit to the people in my community. And, and that right there is like the accomplishment that I really start focusing on when I start thinking about what have I accomplished in the last 10 years, you know, and it's been stuff like, uh, at the Wisconsin science fiction convention, the feminist science fiction convention, um, you know, this past year in May, was the 10th POC dinner at Wiscon. And like I I formalized the POC dinner, even though it was like kind of an informal thing that had been happening. But I formalized it and it grew because of my organization um and and doing it every year. And the the organization of it refined, got refined and made more accessible and more open to everybody. And that accomplishment makes me proud, not because it really had anything to do with me particularly, but because of the benefit that it gave my community. Um, The same with the POC Safer Space. Um, And just a lot of the other things that I've done in the science fiction and fantasy community over the past 20 years now uh uh, um, like for just everybody in general, but specifically for other people of color, those communities that I have been a part of or helped to foster or just you know come into um all of that is like those are really important accomplishments to me. And I think about that a lot, especially when I'm like, Hmm, I'm X number of years old and I haven't published a book yet. And you know, Samuel Delaney had published at least 25,000 books by the time you've, he was you've gotta 18. you got to stop comparing yourself to Samuel Delaney. We all have to stop comparing ourselves <laughs> to Samuel Delaney. It's true. Um, but, but this is the thing, like there are people who will throw that At you as a writer and be like, well, but you haven't published, you know, this and you haven't won these awards or been nominated or whatever. And I'm like, hmm, but I, what does that matter in the grand scheme of things? Cause like Samuel Delaney, when he published those books that he published, like that was useful for him because it got him money. And you, but it was also like a contribution to culture that was really important. And whether or not I've published a whole book yet, I still feel like I've made a contribution to my culture that is important. And it's not even about like the relative importance of those contributions is the fact that like, that's what I've spent 10 years doing these past 10 years is contributing to my culture. Uh, And also
0: another thing to remember is I, I hate this comparison baloney that we do Your journey is not anybody else's journey. And I think in this podcast where we're focused on talking about creating and creativity, comparison is such a creativity killer. Like, Have you ever stopped to wonder how many people have stopped doing a thing just because someone compared them to another author, another painter, Um, or even self-comparisons like I can't Draw So why should I even try? So if I'm not even trying, there's definitely no way I'm going to get better. You know, comparison is a killer. Just compare you to you 10 years ago and don't worry about other people.
1: Yes. Your journey is your journey. Don't compare yourself to Samuel Delaney. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do it. You can't do it. It's not. He's a superhuman.
0: (laughs) Maybe that should be one of our shirts.
1: There you go. Don't
0: compare yourself to Samuel Delaney.
1: Yeah. I need that t-shirt, and I also need a t-shirt that says Samuel Delaney says, because as Nisi that's, and I joke mm. about this all the time, about how in our classes, we just are constantly being like, Samuel Delaney says, la, 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 la. You so say it on I, here,
0: too, a lot. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, yeah. It's like, we need we need both shirts. We need a shirt that says, stop comparing <laughs> yourself to Samuel Delaney, and also Samuel Delaney says, because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there can only be one Samuel Delaney. <laughs> <sighs> and that's good. So, yeah, well, that that is good because we all need to be our own individual us. Yeah, it's important. So, yeah. So I feel like um, one of the things that might be helpful is to, like, think of one thing that you want to do creatively in the next year. That isn't even like you have to do it in next year, but like it's something that you want to. You want to think about. And you want to like have in your life some creative thing that you want to have in your life in 2020, because then it might even help you to, to sort of like when you're in the, when you're in the midst of all the medical stuff, you could be like, okay, this is all like, ah, it's taking up so much of my mental energy, but I'm going to sit and for five minutes and think about the beautiful sweater that I'm going to knit. I don't know if you actually knit. I don't, (laughs) I'm trying to learn learn. things out there, but like, yeah, like maybe you want to knit a sweater or you want to create a beautiful collage or it could even be, you just want to update your guide at least once.
0: Yeah, I should, I should, I should have knitting as one. Okay. So part of, part of this heated hydrotherapy thing is the nearest place I can get it done is an hour by bus. And I'm going to go twice a week. So it's like half a day, twice a week that I'm going to be, yeah, bussing around Seattle. But anyway, um, because I can't, I'm not going to take a computer on public transit. and I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, so I feel like that's a homework assignment for me. I need to set some concrete goals, um, at least one creative concrete goal. Um, I feel like that's also homework for our listeners and for well, I feel like you have your goals. Like you want, you want to get your agent and publisher, yeah, and revisions.
1: Yes, but like that is you know, I I had sort of been thinking about those things as nebulous, but yeah, I do think that it would it would help me to to think of that as a goal because it means that like there are certain steps that I have to accomplish. I first have to re- finish this revision. Okay. And then I have to, you know, send queries and stuff.
0: Queries. So I think we should, maybe our next episode, we should, um, I should have my goal figured out so that mm-hmm. I can let everybody know. And then I think we should do check-ins on our goals throughout the year and see how we're doing.
1: Yes. And also, if you like, would like to tell us what your goal is yeah. for 2020 we'll like shout it out on the podcast. You have yeah. to like, you know, say something to us on the internet. Like you have to at us at our Twitter account, which is originality FM. You have to add that in order yep. for us to see it. But I want you to add that. I want you guys all to at things <laughs> at us.
0: Yes. Yeah. Let us know. And also, um, if you want to join me on my daily accomplishment journey, Um, we'll figure out a hashtag for that and I'll let you know next episode. And when I'm talking about daily accomplishments, I'm not talking anything major. I'm talking, you know, like I said earlier, I cleaned the desk. I got out of bed on time. I went to bed on time. I, um, fed the cats before they got mad at me. That literally never happens. They're always mad at me for, (laughs) they always want food, you know, but, but we're not, we're not talking about, I wrote 7,000 words today. I painted a massive canvas. I composed a, a five-minute sonata. Like, this, is, this isn't this is what we're talking about. We're talking about showing up, doing a little bit, figuring a thing out. You know, those are your daily accomplishments. And then we can celebrate bigger ones along the way. Um, another thing Tempest and I have been talking about is maybe creating a subreddit for the podcast where we can start some conversation around this. Um, We did create a Facebook page, but we both realized that we hate Facebook. We hate it so,
1: so much.
0: Yeah, so another thing that I'd like to hear about while we're giving everybody homework is, would you be interested in having a subreddit um, where you you can go talk and we can have a little bit of community? Um, So let us know. Um, You can, like Tempest said, let us know on Twitter at OriginalityFM. Um, You can... You can message, not message. You can mention us directly. Tempest is at tiny tempest, and I am at Aline. It's A L E E N. Um, yeah, I mean, let us know what you think. Yay!
1: And then we'll have an accomplishment party.
0: Yeah, I like to celebrate
1: the end of two thousand nineteen. I'm excited for the
0: end of two thousand nineteen.
1: Look, we've been excited about the end of every year for a long time. And at it's some point, true. we're going to have to start getting excited about years again. Maybe. Hey, Maybe. you know
0: what? Year 2020 is the year of accomplishment. And I'm excited yeah. for it. Woop. Well, let's do it. All right. Well, is there anything else we need to mention?
1: Mm-mm. Nope. No, we
0: gave we gave everybody a lot of homework. so We did. You know, please, please don't forget. Let us know. And until next time, go accomplish something.
1: Nobody can see my thumbs up.
0: Nobody can see your (laughs) thumbs up.